<clears throat> Greetings and salutations. It is Thack Daddy, and you are about to have the Thack Daddy experience. So, hey, what's up, Thack Daddy? I'm going to be talking about Avatar because, you know, I'm spineless and I don't want to get into a massive public discourse. But I will be discussing it from two points of view. Um, apparently, uh, I saw like a two-second clip on YouTube regarding someone um, said it during a Joe Rogan Experience podcast. I don't, I don't necessarily know who. It was very short, saying that this movie was a woke movie. Uh, the way I feel about that term is basically... Uh, it has been imbued with a certain nasty pejorative underpinning, which, you know, kind of has its own new meaning, uh, just as the word destroys has a new meaning. Apparently, if you have an argument with someone and they don't argue effectively and it appears that you argue more effectively than you've destroyed them, um, I don't necessarily view that as uh, accurate. Um, there are many angles that any given thing could be looked at and examined from. So I'm going to start from uh, the opposite side of the woke aisle. And uh, I'll just be discussing this movie very briefly. And I'll get it out of the way. I did think it was a very wonderful film. Uh, I thought it was very well done. It was highly immersive. Uh, is definitely a technical achievement and I thought it was pretty amazing particularly how Cameron managed to imbue the film with that sense of water and you know that might sound tacky or whatever but you could see his passion for like examining the ocean and you know his cinematic reproduction of you know just the tip of the proverbial iceberg as far as what's actually going on within the ocean but his capturing of a different planet's oceanography its appearance its flow uh was pretty fucking remarkable and i was pretty amazed so coming from the uh, opposite side or quote unquote woke um you could perceive very easily that jake sully is the enemy of humanity uh why do i make such a statement well first of all jake sully was quote unquote uh the jarhead clan so jake sully's deepest affiliation as it regards to humanity was the marines that's how he sustained his injury um and that's how he was able via having a twin brother who uh whose genetic material matched that of the avatar for the navi he got that job but when he decided to fight against the marines you know and by extension humanity he became an enemy and he didn't uphold the human ideals of human first it's you know he's literally fraternizing with the enemy and then he becomes the enemy so obviously miles quarch returns in a navi body because the future is a very interesting place where if your genetic material is used and combined with a navi avatar you could inhabit the avatar but it has to be specific to you so 
in techno in technological terms it, it seems like death is a relative state of being because you know miles was brought back because they had a backup of miles so if you start to contemplate okay they have backups of people they could resurrect people they could bring people so the question becomes more did they develop the technology on earth during that over decade duration when the humans were not battling the navi or to make it even plainer the humans were still terraforming and still on the earth not the earth i apologize pandora they were still on that planet doing things so how did they do that because i mean ultimately even if i question that too far i could be like why didn't they uh merely clone Jake Sully's brother and you know put his mind into a body and just have him continue the mission and maybe that technology wasn't possible during the first Avatar sequence uh, regardless of that so Miles comes back and he's hunting down Jake Sully out of revenge for killing him quote unquote um So that gives us some hope, you know, intergalactic warfare and vengeance will be possible. So that's pretty powerful. That's pretty technologically advanced. Uh, not to mention, you know, traveling to another planet and bringing all the things you need to bring with you to terraform a world. But basically the conflict with this one, um, it so, just so happens Miles left Miles Jr. behind. And uh, in this particular film, he's called Spider. And yes, Spider is fucking annoying. However... Spider is also a human green being who grew up with the Navi and was left behind. And the reason he was left behind is because, you know, babies can't do cryo, quote unquote. So, you know, to cryogenically freeze a baby and send them through space could more than likely result in their death. So um, his father wasn't aware of that. He's behind. Boom. Father returns. But it's not his father, per se, because, you know, it's a clone with the up loaded consciousness of his father then put into the artificial navi human configuration body and um whatever it takes right i mean this man betrayed the human race he's like a, a living embodiment of judas so why would you celebrate someone who as a coward betrayed his entire species because they indicated in the second film that basically the new objective was beyond just collecting the rare metals from Pandora. It is now to transition Pandora via terraforming to a place inhabitable by human beings. So... You know, if you're from a certain point of view, you will see the film as a celebration of uh, a lot of alien things. Like you're celebrating, uh, you know, Jake Sully completely losing his identity and literally like treating children with the enemy. You see him, you know, that's literal race mixing right there if you want to get technical. Um,. Man, it's pretty technical. I mean, it's another another species completely. 
humanoid alien. Um, so it's just a lot from this angle, you know, not to like about the movie. Great special effects, great spectacle, but from the point of view, this guy's a traitor, and you you're celebrating him. You're celebrating him and this notion of the noble savage and you're kind of, you know, uplifting one group of people over another as though one group is better. And that's not cool. So great special effects, good acting, but the story is kind of a romantic, you know, it romanticizes uh, colonial interactions as though the colonized have nothing to do with the conflict. That's that's one point of view. Another point of view is... uh, Jake Sully didn't have legs, he got to run again. Jake Sully was curious about the world and he was adventurous. Jake Sully joined the Navi because when he saw how they lived and, and, and learned how to live as they did, he felt a deeper connection to the world and the living than he had ever felt as a human being in his entire life. Hence his betrayal. So his betrayal to the human race is not a betrayal he is aligning with his own point of view his own experience and his own belief because you see in the film when miles connects with another living being but you see it doesn't impact him everything is just a tool to accomplish an objective as opposed to being a living thing that you coexist with and you try to keep and maintain balance with it might seem irrelevant that you kill an animal and then you give thanks to the animal for its life and then you consume it. You, you're acknowledging its life and you're acknowledging how its life prolongs yours as you become uh, in part one because you had to consume that being. Now, the consumption of the being itself might seem volatile to some, but if you keep in mind that each organism on a planet does something that impacts another organism and usually it's for the better like you take the example of bees you get these organisms that they are literally a part of your life in in a transformative way as far as you know pollinated flowers you know the, the plant life's interaction with us in terms of you know carbon dioxide oxygen exchange uh as far as uh, creating atmosphere as far as sustaining other organisms um, as far as growing things I mean there's a great many connections going on and for Jake Sully to truly experiment, experience the connections even though they have his legs dangling out in front of him literally like they're telling you you know we can fix your legs you just got to do this for us so it still has the the sense that only those who uh, have a lot of money or access can do this. Also, interesting again, the military's involved. This whole expedition is pretty much supported by the military. So it's c- corporate and it's military. Uh, if you think about Euclid and you think about the modern cellular phone and you realize that Euclid could fill a room and yet basically we're all carrying around computers that are like hundreds of times more powerful than Euclid, possibly thousands. It could be more. I'm not very well versed in how many zeros I'm putting behind the exponential development of the militarized Euclid computer technology, which is morphed into the cell phone. But suffice it to say, the money spent on 
building an artificial Navi body with cloned human genetic material is not lowball money, nor is it lowball money to go to other worlds. So all of these things are very interesting to contemplate, but Jake Sully's conflict besides with himself, because, you know, in part, his connection to humanity is him being once a human being is adversely impacting his new existence and his new existence is with the seafaring navi and they have peer pressure and they have uh you know they express their disdain for their cultural differences the seafaring navi are thicker in the arms they have thicker tails which allow them to swim better and be more effective in water so even though they acknowledge the other navi and taruk makto jake sully uh, his great war skills and, and all of those things they do not accept some of the variations some of the differences so you you see that they're not as traditionally romanticized as other representation of quote unquote the noble savage anyone who's studied anthropology or uh, notions of representation of varying groups are aware that uh, in anthropology, there was an issue where they felt that they weren't getting the information when they observed indigenous peoples properly because some of the anthropologists uh, felt shame and tried to elevate the indigenous people to noble savage status. But I don't feel like having a different perspective makes you good or bad but the perspective could maybe perhaps be studied or understood far better for example if i'm looking at things in a way specifically of what can i get or derive from this and i'm not necessarily contemplating giving anything to anyone but i'm looking at how it would benefit me and i'm not looking at any of its other functions whatsoever then you could deduce that because I carry the mentality of ownership, because I carry the mentality of this is mine and I'm taking it as opposed to uh, this is ours and we share it. That's a completely different way of viewing the world. Um, if you needed some of the ore, it might be possible that if you actually communed with these people and, and they understood why you needed it. It'd be possible that they'd actually would give you some in reasonable quantities, of course. But you want t full and total access and you seize upon that. So those are things to think about from the opposite side of the argument. It's not that Jake Sully betrayed anyone. It's that in those circumstances, he did what he felt was right, which was to fight against the human marine group as opposed to supporting them and destroying the navi so that their resources could be exploited so in that sense uh jake sully is is noble and i don't feel that he should uh not be considered noble just because he had the mental fortitude and wherewithal to assess that the approach that his people were taking were was not beneficial to either group and it was dangerous and would lead to violence which it ultimately did and he put his life on the line and you know because it's speculative fiction of course he's gonna you know have iowa bestow upon him life as a navi but there were prices that he had to pay and 
it's almost like uh, when you're pushed, like uh, Zod pushed Superman in that, you know, Superman movie, which will totally be redone again. But whatever, that's fine. Um, when Zod was relentless, Zod literally forced Superman to kill him because he's like, I'm not going to stop. Until you kill me. And you get the same sensibility with with Miles. A sense of self-righteousness. A sense of uh, authority. A sense of wanting to exhibit their skills. A sense of, you know, achieving vengeance. And just a sense of crushing the enemy. Uh, but the funniest part about it was, is and always will be that people are enemies... Not of others, but of other worldviews, of other ways of existing. Because they feel like, because they exist within a sphere and realm of themselves, and anything that kind of relates to their notion of self is alienating if it does not relate to that notion. So, for example, the Na'vi are alien to Miles Quaritch, even if he ultimately became one. There's no the, the the human sensibility, even as a data psyche consciousness construct, still flows from a directive of uh, accomplishing missions, accomplishing goals, expanding the self's wealth, and bringing the human beings lucky enough to fly in space travel. Just think about it: how you going to fly in space travel without money? Like space travel is still going to cost money, um, you know, because there were no vacationers. You can assume that Pandora is is far more involved. And like I said, knowing that they're going to basically take the planet, that creates a whole different paradigm. So it is what it is. Um, but I really enjoy the shit out of this movie, man. Special effects were fucking crazy. Um, I saw it in 3D and like XD or whatever it is. Um, I haven't gotten to an IMAX. It, it's worth it on a visual level to experience it. I mean, I grew up and, you know, at the time, some of the greatest special effects movies were like Star Wars, Jaws. I mean, whatever, but... I have never seen anything quite like that. And for it to come from a man who has a track record of making very interesting and, and visually rich cinema, you know, the Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens, you know, um, Titanic. Um, man, he might have done the sphere or was it the abyss? I think it was the abyss. It, it's possible. I don't remember who directed The Abyss. I, I think I should find out. Because uh, that also had a huge oceanic uh, like vibe to it. Um, and uh, that, that was also a very good film. If I remember correctly. You know. Um, yeah, James Cameron. Boom. And it wasn't that successful. I mean, the budget was sixty nine point five. It made you know ninety million, but the abyss. 
you could always kind of see this fool going in this direction anyway. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it always kind of seemed that way that he was heading in that direction per se. You know. And it's just weird. Oh, and another interesting thing. This this guy wrote Rambo First Blood Part 2, which is weird. Um, I prefer Part 1. I didn't know he did that. Um, but, you know, and he did True Lies. Oh, and Strange Days. I enjoyed Strange Days. Strange Days was weird. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he did Solaris and then vanished for seven years. Um... But he did not direct Solaris. It went from Solaris. And then 12 years later Avatar. And then you know. Now is it's Avatar. Um, and he also executive produced Point Break. Which is dope. But anyway. Um. His obsession with the ocean has always been prevalent. And, you know, the bottom line is he he does a great job with these different characters. But, you know, I could see how, you know, if you felt that Jake Sully was a traitor to humanity. Because, you know, like I said, they indicated that, you know, um, they were no longer looking to just mine minerals of, of, of rarity for money. They wanted, like, the planet Pandora now for humanity. So if you see Jake Sully from that point of view, uh, you might not be like overly enthused about the outcome of the movie and it might impact how you feel about the movie and how you like the movie. I felt visually it was stunning. I feel like you can look at the movie from all those angles and it doesn't change the fact that the movie is entertaining and it's well done and it's well directed. I mean, he has moments of self-indulgence. Um... But you know, I you try to frame a story based on the characters. If you're some weird little kid who's almost like Chaka from Land of the Lost, like you know, Spider is, you're gonna be somewhat annoying. That's just it's just gonna be what it is because your sense of identity has been reverted, inverted, flipped around. Like he doesn't know who he is. He knows he's human, but he feels like he's Navi, and um. I apologize for not pronouncing it correctly. Um, you can Google it if I'm mangling it. All you're going to get is an apology. Um, but I feel like, the, you know, regardless of the perspective, it's so incredibly well done. Like, uh, I didn't feel the length of the time that much, and I usually do. But I found myself really just visually so immersive the way the fingers are the way the hands are the way the bodies move the way the light and the shadow contrast the way the, and having all that ocean and the freaky whales i mean and i say freaky whales because i'm not used to you know combat space alien whales so sorry if you, anyone gets offended by my calling them freaky whales but uh they were fucking freaky and it was very cool very cool design very interesting philosophies because I think a alien race that's that tall that big that strong and literally connects to so many different things in its environment 
and that's how they they move around what what the fuck do I need a spaceship for I mean I got these extra long limbs I traverse the planet I, I can climb I can move around with a level of agility and control that is beyond compare and measure and it's a lovely hue of blue their skin tone is very beautiful and evocative um, even as a synthetic representation I mean could you it, it makes you imagine if there were an actual Navi I don't even know what we do but visually very cool very interesting I love the elongation of on the limbs it uh, reminds me of uh, of a painter actually um, I believe it might be Egon Schlegel I don't know if I'm saying the last name right uh, I know it's E-G-O-N and then uh, <clears throat> I gotta try to figure out the the proper spelling of the name because uh, I think it's there's a song by a group called the Rachels called uh, I think it was, was it an album but I, I got familiar through a variety of different people um, the painter's full name was Egon Leo Adolf Ludwig Scheele. And he was an Austrian expressionist painter, but he used to do these really interesting images where the limbs were elongated and, you know, it feels like the Navi are like a mix of like speculative fiction, fandom, and an obsession with elongated limb representation in art. Uh, there was also a, a manga many years back called The Demon Oberon that, that demonstrated uh, artistic imagery, artistic imagery, I apologize, with uh, extended limbs. So visually, there's a fluidity and there's also a, a palpable tension that never quite leaves. Like basically, once you know the party is over, it's actually fucking over. And uh, this new party starts, and that's where all the action and stuff occurs from. But all of it's terrifying. I mean, um, it's terrifying to know that, you know, in some respects and regards, that your enemy could wear your skin and wear your face and try to blend in with you just to destroy you. Um,. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie, man, you know? Um from either perspective. If you feel like Jake Sully betrayed humanity and all that he get and you know he gave us the short end of the stick, you know, um, we dealt him a serious blow. And if you feel like humanity's a bag of shit at times and in this instance, we might have deserved to get our asses kicked because we already, like, stole a bunch of resources from this alien group of beings. And now we want to fucking colonize their world. Where are they going to go? What's our population stats looking like? You know, you're not getting any of that extraneous detail. But just by seeing this dude in a cloned, uploaded consciousness in a Navi and hearing Edie Falco's character... Uh, talking about, you know, the earth, you know, looking a little shaky. We might have to 
take this place over. And um, that's intense. That's intense. But the the whole framework for the story works. And, you know, it works definitively as a film. It, it is a very hard act of creation. But, you know, when someone creates something that pushes the threshold of what was previously thought or what previous limits existed and they break through those limits they create a new set of boundaries and a new set of limits um more externally outward and evolving than inward and not developing like i can watch the movie and learn how to you know i'd want to shoot a film from it um because the person you know this guy is a master of his craft regardless of how you feel about him ideologically and you know like i've heard that he said something about you know testosterone being evil or whatever um one must understand a certain thing about art and while yes it definitely does reflect the vision of the artist there's also you know just the sheer discipline of what the artist has accomplished you know just because they take a position or follow a certain train of thought um it doesn't necessitate what the meaning of the story is. But if you feel that the story celebrates the betrayal of humanity at the hands of Jake Sully, you have a right to feel that way um, to the point where you don't even want to see the movie. But I don't really care what anyone's political leanings are um, more than I care about what the art itself is. You know, sometimes I don't even have to concur, you know, um, like I'm the type of person I, you know, I'll read some of a Bill O'Reilly book and then turn around and read, you know, transgender Marxism. I I just want to kind of get a sense of where people are coming from, and if I'm not interacting with you know those people, how am I going to really get a sense of their perspective? Because you're always getting this kind of pseudo traditionalism versus you know post-modernity and the thing about uh, post-modernity is just like everything else it, it comes out of us you know we are all connected we are all on one planet we all have very similar designs um and i'm speaking generally because yeah you can meet someone and they don't have eyes you know the expectation is that for an average healthy human being you should have two arms two legs two eyes a brain a heart Tulips, you know, teeth on the top, teeth on the bottom, two ears, that type of shit. You know what I mean? So, um, as far as representation, you know, I mean, it doesn't, you could switch out the Navi and the humans for what different pairings of human beings, uh, throughout the centuries, like eventually. When human beings stop seeing each other as human beings and cannot understand each other's perspectives because they're too angry or too busy selling a propagandistic version of things or whatever you want to call it, you know, that's always happening in human communication. That's why it's so fucking hard for us to communicate. There's so much bullshit and, and manipulation and lying. And there's also no clarification of definitions um, sometimes in a discourse. Um, for example, um, 
you know someone could seem harsh and brutal and rough on you and you they actually just trying to get you prepared for the state of the world whereas someone could be kind and gentle and soft with you your entire life and then when something mean comes along you're just run over and destroyed by it as opposed to kind of being ready to face the challenge that's before you um because jake sully was you know crippled in combat because jake sully had become navi jake sully is a an interesting character just within the confines of his own story so i think the movie is uh very very good from either perspective um and it's just visually amazing that's really all i have to say about it because you could again you could play with the angles and look at each different character's motivations and perspectives and you know but i wouldn't call it a quote-unquote woke movie it's it's just a very good movie it's probably one of the best movies been made in a while just because he's a master filmmaker now again some people prefer different types of cinema but i feel like if you're older now go back and just watch the shit You'll see fucked up shit that didn't even pick up on, but also you'll see revelatory stuff. Like, you know, I always feel like The Dark Crystal is one of the best movies in dealing with the metaphors of being and the duality of good and evil and perspectives. Um, for the Skeksis, they wanted to rule, they wanted to dominate, and they wanted to be served. And for the Mystics, they were just chilling. But the Mystics and the Skeksis were at one point one race. And they divided because they broke the dark crystal they shattered the crystal and, uh, and created this sense of separation so metaphysically there's always this notion of returning to the self and that this self is immutable infinite and expresses itself through all living things but is not those things and it is not identified as those things because those things are transient and it is through the transient by which infinity makes itself infinite what i mean is each existence may in and of itself be transient some of us get five years some of us get 50 years some of us get 100 years some organisms on a planet like trees get hundreds of years but at the end of the day they all cease same with the the sun and stars and even the earth geological entities uh all this stuff eventually will end however even as it even as it's ending it's producing something else so life finds a way to be infinite so to scale down the infinite to a level of comprehension based on what we as human beings assessed i mean planets experience time geologically like you have entire millions of years of things happening and you know we've experienced a change in the last decade or so that's so rapid that it just literally epitomizes that mandelbrot fractal explanation of the exponential doubling of information to the point where you know things will become absurd in many ways because there's so many things being thrown at you um but i found this to be a remarkably effective use of technology for a film that you you don't have that blue screen sensibility that they're they've gotten a lot more technical in you know bringing man-made environments versus 
uh, actual environments kind of merging the worlds. Um, I still think man-made you know, environments for cinema, like not necessarily CG, but just man-made um, environments are pretty incredible because uh, I was watching some of Gone with the Wind the other day, and I mean, my God, that movie's a fucking trip. That movie's a trip. Uh, Scarlett O'Hara is a fucking trip. Like she shot out. She was slapping everybody. And she shot this dude in the fucking face. And that shit was brutal. Um, I, You know. And that movie's very old. And the scene with all these people. Just like injured from war. Rolling around on the field. And they keep cutting the shot out. And the shot gets bigger. And it includes more and more and more people. And you know that shit ain't CGI. So I'm real impressed with old fucking movies. Because, you know, you don't see something for many years. You're just going to see it differently. So, yeah, I know I segued way off of that. But I was impressed about it. I was thinking about Avatar and how amazing it was. Because it was. And yet, that shot from going with, with the wind. Where you see all those soldiers injured and hurt rolling around. That shit's crazy, man. So, anyway, I think this fucking movie's awesome. Um, To me. I don't know what experience or perspectives or the relationship between your experience and perspective. So I don't know exactly how you're viewing it. Uh, you may view it exactly the way I do or you may think everything I said is just total bullshit. Either is cool with me as long as you don't try to like cut off my limbs or destroy my family. We're all good. We could agree to disagree without the necessity of destroying each other. I, I think it's weird because I feel... That as a species, we we always can do more together, and we can we always kind of become examples for each other on how to kind of express our reality, and whoever kind of uh, expresses something that we connect to on the deepest level might become our heroes. But um, you know, a lot of times people connect to their sense to create just to stay alive. Uh, the, you know, the creation gives them an excuse to sludge through the horrors and and suffering that you encounter in life and a lot of those horrors and suffering are ultimately derived from our interactions with others um our interactions with others may demonstrate to us that within this particular paradigm or in this particular world we don't hold much value so the best thing for anybody to do at the end of the day is value themselves. And I don't mean arrogantly and disgustingly, but you are unique. Nothing in the universe is like you in the way that you are. Nothing you don't you we don't look the same. We're not the same. Um we have basic similarities which can allow us to exchange ideas and connect. But how we process information, our genetic background, our environmental background, and what we've come to accept or reject about the world from our specific from our uh, specific perspectives based on our particular points of view. Uh, these are the realities we engage and often feel like when someone is looking out at the world, they're often looking... They reflect what's their interior experience of the world externally and verbally. And this doesn't mean that it's everyone. It just means that a lot of people try anyway. I mean, I really think a lot of us actually don't have the capacity to fully express our sentiments in any given in instance or circumstance. And 
because of instance and circumstance and then who we uh, imagine ourselves to be at the moment because I don't think you fully can understand who you are at the moment you just imagine it um, but anyway it's a pretty incredible fucking movie uh, I, I recommend seeing it at least once if you don't fucking like it you can't get mad at me because you know it's one of the biggest movies in the world millions of people are interested in it it's not just my monkey ass it's not your monkey ass it's not any of your monkey ass and then before you get all awkward darwinian or racist on me that's just something that you know is kicked around and said sometimes when someone's being a dumbass, you know at least this is what i say i say you know you need to calm your monkey ass down and i guess you know if i had said that in the context of this movie i may be considered a bigot or i may be considered on the right side of humanity fighting the war against the species that want to allow human beings to not go extinct or it could just not fucking matter whatsoever i might just be the man in the yellow jacket talking to curious george except george isn't so curious I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Cool movie. We'll be talking.
Eight minutes of dead air. Isn't that sexy? My computer died. It's all good. Yeah, it's not actually this long. Um, Technology's beautiful, isn't it? Oh. 